You're hanging out After Hours with Matt Anderson, presented by Inside the Gamecocks. Welcome into the Late Night Gamecock Show. My name is Matt Anderson, and I am your host for all things Gamecocks After Dark. So excited to have the show today. Um, I was not able to record this Thursday night. Um, had some things happen in my house that were unavoidable, and um, actually recording this on Friday afternoon. Um, this is Jacksonville State Week, so we have the Gamecocks versus the Gamecocks in williams Bryce Stadium tomorrow at 12 noon. Um, I can promise you one thing. The Gamecocks will be victorious this weekend one way or another. And um, that's it for my, my dumb jokes of the episode. But, yeah, big big opportunity for South Carolina coming back to the, the friendly confines of Williams-Brice Stadium. The players get to sleep in their own beds for the next four weeks. Um, really is a new season for South Carolina with no margin for error. Uh, Gamecocks are 2-6 and six right now and um, obviously need four consecutive wins to – uh, earn a bowl bid this season, and um, while it's been a disappointing season, disappointing season, uh, the Gamecocks have faced a pretty tough schedule, and um, piling on with all the injuries the Gamecocks have had to overcome, um, just a, a tough season all the way around for Gamecock fans, young and old, um, fans that have been, you know, sticking with the Gamecocks for 60, 70 years, and and unfortunately, those fans who became a Gamecock football fan this year, but. A lot of football left to be played. Um, you know, the team's out there, and they're going to find some joy. They're going to rally together. And um, it all starts at Jacksonville State this, this weekend. Um, after Jacksonville State, Vanderbilt will come to Williams-Brice Stadium. And then the Gamecocks will match up against Kentucky and Clemson to end the regular season. Uh, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, but um, I do think that all of these games are winnable for South Carolina. I can't sit here and tell you that they will be favored in every single game the rest of the way. I think that these next two weeks will tell us a lot about South Carolina and their and their chances and opportunities to to find a way to get to bowl eligibility. Um, there's no team left on the schedule that doesn't have some type of warts. Um, there's no team left on the schedule that um, has you know played like a top 25 team this season consistently. So, well, we'll talk about all of that a little bit later. Um, the big news of the week is that um, South, South Carolina had an exhibition game um, at Colonial Life Arena against Wofford. Um, I think that was um, November 1st, so a couple nights ago. Um, you know, this was, a, this was a fundraising effort that Wofford and South Carolina got together to um, play a game and, and support. And it was ugly in the first half. Um, obviously, we got the news um, pretty early on game day that, that Colin Murray Boyles, or uh, I'm always going to mess up his name, Colin Boyle Murray, I, I, either or, you guys know what I'm talking about, um, was, was going to be sidelined with Mono for a couple weeks. Um, the Gamecocks are hoping to get him back within the month. Um, that was obviously a big hit to the Gamecock basketball team as he was probably going to start and probably be a key key contributor for South Carolina this year. and. And I've already said in different shows, I think that Colin had an opportunity and still does to be an all SEC freshman type player and, and be a really good player for the Gamecocks during his career in South Carolina. So the Gamecocks had to adapt and move on, and they'll have to continue to do that during the non-conference schedule. Um, but the game opened up, and, and Wofford took a 34-17 to 17 point lead into halftime. So Wofford doubled up South Carolina in the first half, 
And the Gamecocks found themselves down 17 points at halftime. Gamecocks did rally back, though. Um, Gamecocks turned up the defensive intensity, started hitting some shots. Um, ended up winning the game by three, so they outscored Wofford by 20 points in the second half. And I think that while it's tough to watch the Gamecocks shoot like they did in the first half, a lot is to, there should be a lot said about coming back, regrouping, and thoroughly dominating a decent Wofford team in the second half. Um, there was an opportunity for B.J. Mack to play against his, his former teammates, and he had a pretty good game. Uh, B.J. Mack had 14 points, 7 rebounds, um, 3 steals. So Gamecocks didn't have their best shooting performance. They were 9 of 30 from the three-point line. Uh, they were, I think, 1 for 11 or something like that in the first half. So it was nice to see the Gamecocks start hitting some shots in the second half. And I've said before, I, I do think the Gamecocks will be a good um, three-point shooting team and shooting team overall this season. But for whatever reason, maybe it was some nerves. Maybe um, you know some players just weren't totally comfortable. Um, who knows? Maybe... They were worried about their teammate and worried if they had a touch of something. I don't know. But um, the Gamecocks are going to go this go as far as their shooting takes them this season. I've said it on numerous shows, my show, other shows, that the three-point shot is the great equalizer in college basketball. And the, while the Gamecocks have decent enough talent, they don't have upper echelon SEC talent and maybe not even middle-of-the-pack SEC talent on their basketball team top to bottom this year, uh, especially without Colin. But... Uh, the Gamecocks are going to be a serviceable team. I think that they're going to be okay. Um, just going through some of the numbers here, B.J. Mack had 14 points. Uh, Miles Studi had 11 points. Um, did a really good job getting to the free throw line, getting offensive rebounds in this game. Um, the Gamecocks did a pretty good job. I mean, they got 13 offensive rebounds in the game. Uh, looking through here, Talon Cooper had a night he'll want to forget. Um had zero assists and seven points. That's not the Talon Cooper you're going to see going forward. Stephen Clark didn't play very well. Two points, two rebounds. Michi Johnson had a night he's going to want to forget. 0 for 8 from the field, 0 for 7 from the three-point line. Finished with two points. He made both his free throws. Zachary Davis was a bright spot for the Gamecocks, tallying 13 points on 4 of 7 shooting and 3 of 5 from the three-point line. Made both of his free throws and grabbed um, six rebounds as well. Jacoby Wright didn't have his best game. One for seven, five points. Morris Yugasuk um, had 13 minutes and scored four points. I really like his future. And then um, Benjamin Bosman's Verdonk had two points. And Abrima Deba and Josh Gray um, played a combined 10 points and did not tally any points and one rebound combined. So... First half, the Gamecocks shot 20% from the field. The second half, the Gamecocks shot 42% from the field. Uh, first half, 8.3% from the three-point line, 1 for 12. And in the second half, 8 for 18 for a 44% shooting clip. Um, Gamecocks you know, made a bunch of free throws. So I think they're, they're going to be a decent team. And let's see what happens. And, and we'll spend some time really quick because it is Jacksonville State Week. So we can we can... Um, do a little bit more of a deep dive into college basketball, specifically South Carolina. Um, Monday, November 6th, so two days after the Gamecocks play Jacksonville State on the gridiron, South Carolina will open up against USC Upstate at home. Um, USC Upstate is probably a little bit worse than Wofford. Um, this is a game that the Gamecocks should win, um, should win con convincingly. 
Um, I'd be interested to see if the Gamecocks are able to take the momentum they gained in the second half against Wofford into this into this game against USC Upstate. Um, I look at a lot of different metric sites, and Ken Palm predicts the Gamecocks to win 77 to 60. I think that's about right. Um, the first test of the season will come Friday, November 10th, against Virginia Tech on a neutral site. Uh, Virginia Tech and South Carolina. Ken Palm has um, Virginia Tech ranked 65th in the country and the Gamecocks 66th. It's projected to be a one- or two-point game with Virginia Tech winning. But after that, the Gamecocks have a good little stretch of one, two, three, four, four games here. Um, and maybe um, they'll actually play five games um, with opportunities to win all of them. Um, VMI, DePaul, whoever... They play after DePaul in that tournament. They'll get another game there. Notre Dame and George Washington. The Gamecocks have a chance to win all of those. So, you know, I, I think that you might be looking at, you know, an 11 and 2, a, a 12 and 3, you know, something like that, depending on, you know, that extra game in the tournament of what the Gamecocks can expect in the non conference. Um, this is a good opportunity for South Carolina to pile up some wins before SEC play begins. Um, just looking at you know potentially getting Colin uh, Murray Boyles back. Um, you're looking at you know potentially coming back in time for the Clemson game, which um, the Gamecocks could definitely use him at Clemson. I think the Gamecocks are going to be have a good opportunity to have some some strong net ratings this year. I think so, a lot of these games, you know, you look at the DePaul game on a neutral, Virginia Tech game on a neutral, Clemson away. Uh, the Gamecocks are going to have an opportunity to have some potential. Quad one, quad two wins there if the Gamecocks can get it done. But I just encourage all of you right now to just understand that South Carolina is going to go as far as their three point three point shooting will take them this year. That can be finicky. You know, looking at what Kim Palm predict, predicts, he predicts a sixteen and fourteen um, overall record and seven eleven in conference. I think that's probably about right. Um, I'll say that the Gamecocks do a little bit better. In conference, I think they'll probably go eight and ten um, in conference play. So I think the Gamecocks are probably going to miss out on a twenty-win season this year. However, you, you just can't count your chickens before they hatch. They, they could go on to have a great year, um, and and I'm excited to watch them. I think this will be a program building year, um, a setting of expectation year for the Gamecocks, and I'm excited to watch them play each and every night. They're going to be a really fun team to watch, and. Um, you know, we have our, our sights set on the NIT berth, you know, potentially NCAA tournament if things fall the right way. So really interesting stuff there. You know, looking at the SEC, and, and one of the reasons why, you know, I think the Gamecocks are probably going to have a, a tough run of it when they get to conference play. Uh, right now you have Tennessee, Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, Texas A&M, and Mississippi State all ranked as top 30 teams in the country. So count those off. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams in the top 30, according to Ken Palm. So, you know, looking at the schedule, you know, let's see who South Carolina gets home and who they get away. When it comes to conference play, they, they have to go to number 10, Alabama. They got to go number 14, Arkansas. They got to go number 8, Tennessee. They got to go number 15, Auburn. Uh, they got... 27 Mississippi State on the road. They do have Tennessee at home. They do have um, LSU at home. 
Um, so they got Missouri at home. So the Gamecocks have an opportunity here. And I think that, you know, it's all going to come down to what we are able to do in the non-conference and if we can get some momentum going and some roles established. And I think that's what Lamont is really stressing right now. So that is the Gamecock basketball preview. Um, you know, we've, ta- we've talked about individual players before. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see all these guys play. I, I think Talon Cooper and Michi Johnson are going to be really good players. I think Miles Studi is going to be a really good player. I think that Collins is going to be a really good player. Um, and I think you just need to find a couple other people that can step up. But Gamecocks are not going to be as bad as they were last year. I think they're going to be very competitive. And it might kind of be, you know, one of those years where a lot of competitive losses. But, you know, that's what, that's what you have to endure sometimes when you're, when you're building a program. Well, as we look around the SEC last week, um, let's talk some SEC football now. Uh, Georgia handled Florida 43-20. to uh, Georgia moves to 8-0 in the season, 5-0 in the SEC, and the Florida Gators fall to 5-3 and overall and 3-2 and in the conference. Uh, Georgia was up 10-7 at halftime, and they scored 26 unanswered points on the Gators to take a commanding lead in that game. They never looked back. Um, I'm, I agree with Mike Morgan. Uh, he said this on a recent show with um, JB, JC, and Phil. But Carson Beck is looking like a sneaky, sneaky Heisman um, contender right now. Uh, he had 19 of 28 for 315 yards passing and two touchdowns. Uh, strong 87.8 QBR rating. You look at Georgia rushing, they were able to get 171 yards on the ground against Florida. You know, receiving, they had a guy with Ladd McConkie, who Gamecock fans remember well. Um, six catches for. 135 yards. Um, you know, lads getting healthy and getting back in the mix there for the for the Georgia Bulldogs. Oscar Delpa, name you might remember as a Gamecock fan, um, had two catches for 31 yards for the Bulldogs in this one. And Rara Thomas had um, one one catch for 19 yards. I, and I go back to I don't understand how South Carolina made Graham Mertz look like such a Heisman contender himself. Um, against Florida, he was 25 of 34 for 230 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, Gators never really got anything going in this one, and it was it was over pretty much at, at halftime. I, I felt like it was over at that point. The Gators had a 19 point lead. Oh, I mean, the Bulldogs had a 19 point lead on the on the Gators, and and opened it up to a 29 point lead after the third quarter. So, not going to spend too much more time on that game. Uh, Vanderbilt. Got blasted by Ole Miss, 33-7. to uh, Vanderbilt's now 2-7 and overall. They've secured another losing season at Vanderbilt. They're 0-5 in the conference. Ole Miss is 7-1 overall and 4-1 in conference play. Uh, Mississippi State was up 26-0 at halftime. A game was effectively over. Um, Vanderbilt still had multiple guys playing quarterback for them this week, um, combined for zero touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, Commodores did get 169 yards on the ground in this game, but you know the wide receivers and the quarterbacks totaled 60 yards passing, so 60 yards receiving there as well. Um, Ole Miss just shut down the passing game. Uh, Jackson Dart had a decent game, 19 of 28 for 240 yards, a touchdown, and interception. Um, Ole Miss was able to get 177 yards on the ground and 254 yards receiving, so. Uh, Jackson Dart also lost 20 yards of his own, so the Ole Miss Rebels were really knocking on the door of 200 yards rushing against Vanderbilt. So, 
SEC West is looking pretty fun right now. Um, so if you can't watch the Gamecock games and have fun, you know, watch the rest of the SEC because the SEC West sure is um, looking pretty fun right now. One of the better games in the SEC last week was actually um, Tennessee and Kentucky. Um, this is one of those games where I just wonder if, like, the back kind of broke on Kentucky. And we'll see what happens with them the rest of the way. But uh, Tennessee ended up winning the game 33-27. to Tennessee is now 6-2 and overall and 3-2 and in the SEC. Kentucky is 5-3 and overall and fell to 2-3 and in conference play. Uh, Joe Milton had a Joe Milton day, 18 of 21 passing for 228 yards and a touchdown. Um, Tennessee just absolutely gashed the Wildcats on the ground with 47 carries for 253 yards rushing, averaging 5.4 yards per rush. Uh, Tennessee receiving was balanced as it usually is with no player, with having one, two, three, four, five players between 30 and 63 yards receiving. Uh, Devin Leary actually had, you know, a really good day for Devin Leary. Uh, I get, I've given Devin Leary a, a ton of a ton of crap over this past season, but you know, at home against Tennessee, he was 28 of 39 for 372 yards passing, two touchdowns, a QBR of 84.4. I don't, I don't need Devin Leary to um, to figure things out <laughs> right about now. Um, it just seems apropos and, and par for the course here that. A guy that I've been trashing all season long um, is looking looking like he might be figuring something out here. Um, but, you know, as good a day as Kentucky had in the air against Tennessee, they had a pretty poor day on the ground. Um, Ray Davis, who we all remember, ran all over Florida, had 16 carries for 42 yards and a touchdown, averaged 2.6 yards per carry. As a team, the, the Wildcats had 24 carries for 72 yards, averaging three yards a carry. Uh, Kentucky's Dane Key did get over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. Um, that, Kentucky had his best day through the air this entire season so far. So uh, Kentucky was able to get two sacks and two tackles for loss on the Volunteers. Um, this is one of those games where you know Kentucky, and we'll look at Kentucky really quick. You know, look, looking at what they have left, but Kentucky's five and three right now. They play at Mississippi State this weekend. They're probably going to get a win there to get their sixth win of the season, and they're probably going to lose to Alabama. They're probably going to lose to Louisville. So, you know, the difference in a six, uh, six and seven win season is going to hinge on that South Carolina game for the Kentucky Wildcats, and, and let's just see what happens the rest of the way with them. The last game we'll talk about in the, in the SEC last week, uh, Mississippi State fell to Auburn. Um, Auburn won 27-13. to 13. Um, this was another game. We had a lot of games like this in the SEC last week where the game was effectively over at halftime. Um, same thing with the South Carolina game, like it or not, against Texas A&M. But Auburn was up 24-3 to at halftime. And um, Mississippi State, as we've seen this year, really hasn't been able to get a lot going um, through the air. Uh, Mike Wright was 16-32 of 32 for 161 yards um, and had another 14 carries for 63 yards playing quarterback for Mississippi State. Um, Auburn probably had one of their best passing games of the season with Peyton Thorne going 20 of 26 for 230 yards and three touchdowns. Auburn had 186 yards on the ground. Mississippi State had 184 yards on the ground. Um, you know, looking at this, Auburn was able to get five tackles for loss, zero sacks. Actually, there were no sacks in this game. That, that's unique to see a college football game with no sacks. 
Um, Mississippi State ended up getting four tackles for loss in that one. So looking around at the SEC slate this week, um, it's a pretty interesting slate. Obviously, we know that South Carolina will play the Gamecocks of Jacksonville State at 12 p.m. on ESPNU. Um, Jacksonville State is 7-2 on the season. The Gamecocks are 2-6. and six. The line is South Carolina minus 15.5, and, and the over-under is set at 55.5 points. Uh, at 12 o'clock, you also have on ESPN Texas A&M going up against number 10-ranked Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a 2.5-point favorite in this game, which is really interesting to me. Um, that's really interesting. I mean, Texas A&M might have shown some life signs of life against South Carolina, but this game is in Oxford. Uh, it's a Ole Miss favored by two and a half points. That's dropped from Ole Miss being favored by three, and the over under is fifty two point five points. So that'll be one to watch. That'll be one to watch this weekend because Ole Miss needs this needs this win to stay into the in the conversation of one loss teams that can can climb up potentially into a college football playoff um, scenario. Also at 12 o'clock, you have um, the UConn Huskies traveling to play Tennessee. Um, Tennessee's favored by 35. The over-under set at 55.5. Um, Got to imagine Tennessee rolls here to go to 7-2 and two on the season. At uh, 12 o'clock, you got more 12 o'clock games. And we'll talk about that in a, in a minute as to why that is. But at 12 o'clock, you have Arkansas and Florida. Um, the game is in Gainesville. Florida is a 3.5-point favorite. Um, Over/under set at 49 and a half. You can watch that game at noon on ESPN two. At 3:30, we have one of the biggest games of the SEC season so far, but in my opinion, not the biggest game of the day. Um, the Missouri Tigers travel to Athens to face number two Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia's favored by 15 and a half, and the over/under is set at 55.5. Missouri gave Georgia their best game of the season last year, at least in the regular season. Um, Georgia's going to be ready for them this year, and it'll be fun to watch that game at 3.30. You know, hopefully the Gamecocks take care of business against Jacksonville State, and the Gamecock fans can just relax and watch football the rest of the day, and it'll be great at 3.30 to have a nice primetime SEC game on CBS. So that game is at 3.30 on CBS, Missouri at Georgia. At 4 p.m. on the SEC Network, you have Auburn and Vanderbilt doing battle in Nashville. So Auburn is favored by 12.5 points on the road, and the over-under is set at 49.5. At 7.30 p.m. on SEC Network, Kentucky travels to Mississippi State. Um, Kentucky is a 4.5-point favorite over Mississippi State, and the over-under is set at 45.5 points. And now my my favorite my favorite game of the day um, is the game that I'm most excited to watch. Honestly, is at 7:45 on CBS. So that's why you have so many 12 o'clock games um, in the SEC this week because the real primetime game CBS used their their annual doubleheader to show the LSU Alabama game. LSU is ranked 14th in the country. Six and two overall, four and one in the SEC, and traveling to Tuscaloosa to take on number eight Alabama. Alabama is seven and one on the season, five and zero oh in the SEC. Um, I don't think LSU has a, a a prayer of getting to the college football playoff with two losses right now, but Alabama is still playing playing for everything. Um, you know, Alabama 
Alabama needs to win this game, and Alabama is favored by three, and the over-under is 61.5 points. That's absolutely mind-boggling um, to see an LSU-Alabama game with an over-under at 61.5 points when you think about you know, the year that LSU and Alabama played in the national championship game, and it was just a defensive slugfest, an over-under of 61.5. So that is your SEC whip-around. Um, Gamecocks will not be playing an SEC game this week, and we will move right along into um, the preview of Jacksonville State versus South Carolina. So, you know, I've, I've done a little digging into Jacksonville State. I always um, encourage all of you to, if you're not a member of the Big Spur, go join the Big Spur because Ben Briner does a fantastic job breaking down all of the Gamecocks opponents and the Gamecocks after, before and after each game. So I learned a little bit about Jacksonville State. Obviously, Jacksonville State is coached by Rich Rodriguez, who um, had a really, really good run there at West Virginia. Uh, not so great run at Michigan, and um, he's found his way to Jacksonville State at this time. and And if you know anything about Rich Rod, you know that he likes to run the ball. He likes to be creative running the ball. Um, Jacksonville State will actually run the ball two times as much as they pass. About two thirds of Jacksonville State's offenses is running plays, whether it be a designed quarterback run or a scramble or a handoff to a running back um, or an end around, anything like that. And um, they throw one-third of the time. Um, they have two mobile quarterbacks, and they both get some significant playing time. Uh, one of the interesting things, you know, despite them running the ball so much that Ben brought up in his article, is they still pass the ball and you know passing down in distance. So this uh, this has an opportunity for South Carolina to sniff out some of these Jacksonville State plays. You know, with them running the ball so much, maybe getting them and and in, in bad down in distance where they're not as accurate passing the ball. And maybe, just maybe, the Gamecock defense can get off the field a couple times and then force them three and outs because you don't want to get into, you know, you don't want to get into, um, you know, an offensive explosion. You know, you don't want to get into a situation where you're having to keep up with Jacksonville State. So the defense is going to have to do its part for the Gamecocks this week. Um, I'm optimistic about the Gamecocks from a, from a health standpoint, and I mean South Carolina Gamecocks. I think that South Carolina is going to be pretty much as almost as healthy as it's been the entire season, especially along the offensive line. And that's critical for South Carolina because um, Spencer's been running around for his life. Um, and I, I said this on, a, on another show recently, but South Carolina had five consecutive drives against Texas A&M that went like this. Three plays, negative eight yards, a minute and 36 seconds off the clock. Three plays, negative 11 yards, 57 seconds off the clock. Four plays, negative four yards, 39 seconds off the clock. Three plays for two yards, 53 seconds off the clock. Four plays for seven yards, a minute and 17 seconds off the clock. So you're talking about roughly five drives that average a minute in length each. The offense just simply can't do that against Jacksonville State. The Gamecocks are going to have to put together drives they're going to have to score. They're going to have to get into the end zone. And if they can't do that, then against Jacksonville State, we got we got bigger issues. I think that South Carolina um, being a 15.5-point favorite is pretty fair. Um, you know, this is a game where South Carolina should be able just to, to run out there and beat Jacksonville State, quite frankly. So, um Definitely, definitely excited for this game. Unfortunately, I will not be at this game. Um, 
my family has four tickets to every game and, and this particular game my brother-in-law asked for the tickets to do a double date with um his girlfriend and, and another couple they know so i'll be watching this game on tv just like everybody else um so i'm really excited to start the start the week off the weekend off in the with the gamecock south carolina gamecock victory I think that's what's going to happen. I think that Spencer's going to have a good day. I think that the Gamecocks are going to establish a running game in this one. I think you can see Mario Anderson have a have a pretty big game here. Um, I just I have to think the Gamecocks are going to are going to impose their will and and they really need to because they need to start putting some some momentum together. They need to have these two tune up games against Jacksonville State and Vanderbilt to get ready for you know the last two games of the season. And this is the time that Gamecocks have spent the entire season, you know, kind of, whether you want to say underperforming, playing against tougher competition, having some injuries. It's time for the Gamecocks to get, South Carolina Gamecocks to get healthy and um, impose their will on somebody. And I think that that's going to happen this week. I'm looking at a, a prediction on, you know, how much the Gamecocks will win by, what the final score will be. Um, I'm going to say Gamecocks 38 South Carolina Gamecocks 38, Jacksonville State Gamecocks 17. So I think we're going to see a 21-point win for the Gamecocks. Um, I, th- I think the Gamecocks will cover that 15-and-a-half. I think Spencer will have a big day. I don't know if we're going to see Lenore Sellers in this game. Um, you know, Technically, Lenore has played in one game, could play in you know, up to three more games the rest of the season. And I think with the Gamecocks needing to play for everything right now, um, you really can't risk an injury to the Norris Sellers, or um, you know, because you're going to because you're going to need to you want to preserve that red shirt. And Spencer is continuing to put things on tape for the NFL, and I think that you might see Lenore Sellers play against Vanderbilt, maybe get some practices against Kentucky, but um, and maybe Clemson. But you know, he's played in one game. We got four games left, less potential bowl game. Last year, players that were redshirting were able to play in the bowl game without penalty, even if it was their fifth game. Don't know if the NCAA is going to do that this year. So it's important to preserve that redshirt for Lenore Sellers, and I think they'll try and do that. But I think you'll see a lot of Nicholas Harbour in this game. I think Xavier Leggett is is looking more like Xavier. Offensive line is going to be back, um, pretty much back. Um, So let's just get excited let's go get a win let's do it in dominating fashion and let's move on to the rest of the day and the rest of our weekend and and start worrying about start worrying about our our nfl fantasy football teams come two o'clock on saturday start tinkering with our rosters there but so that's my prediction 38 17 gamecocks um it's time to move on to the gambling part of this show and as always i recommend that you um you gamble, you gamble um, responsibly. You know, never bet more than you can afford to lose. Gambling should be fun. It should give you a rooting interest in the game, whether that's five dollars, ten dollars, fifteen, twenty-five, or if you got it and you can afford to lose it, you know, as much as you want to gamble. But um, this is always for fun. So, going into last week, I was twenty-one, fifteen, and three on the season. So, twenty-one wins, fifteen losses, or and three three pushes. So up a a nice little six unit there. And for those of you who don't know, in gambler conversation, a unit is just what you bet on each game or what you bet to win each game. So if I had, if my unit was $5, I would have made um, 30 bucks. So that's how that works. Um, last week, um, I had a rough go of it, but not too, too bad. 
Um, I had Oklahoma minus nine. That did not hit. Um, I had Utah uh, Utah plus six and a half. That did not hit. Tennessee minus three and a half hit. Colorado plus 15 hit. And I had Duke plus five and a half. That did not hit. So two and three last week, which brings me to 23, 18, and three on the season. So 23, 18, and three on the season. Up five units. Um, started off the season pretty rocky. Um, then slowly but surely, um, dug myself out of that hole and became profitable. So let's see what is on the slate this week for um, our gambling picks. And as always, I usually try and pick five te- five games. Um, and I usually try and find ranked uh, at least one ranked team in the game because those are the, the, uh, the teams that are on TV. And you'll have the opportunity to watch them and to pay attention to the game as it goes on. So let's get to these picks here. Um, I don't know if I want to touch um, Florida State at Pittsburgh. Florida State is favored by 21.5 points. Um, obviously, Pittsburgh just gave up a million points to Notre Dame last week. So I don't know if I want to touch that one. Um, Ohio State and Rutgers play at 12 o'clock on CBS. That game is at Rutgers. Ohio State is an 18.5 point favorite. I think that that game can be a little tricky for Ohio State. That's a big number. So let me take Rutgers um, plus 18.5 points. I do think that Ohio State will win the game, but um, I just don't. I think that especially after that, First week of the college football rankings coming out, um, it, it becomes really real. Then the pressure becomes real, especially if you're in that top four, not to lose. So, I got um, Rutgers plus eighteen and a half against Ohio State at twelve o'clock. Don't look now, but Kansas State is making a push in the Big Twelve. Um, they are six and two on the season. Um, the last time any of us really thought about Kansas State was when Missouri's kicker drilled a sixty-one yard field goal at the end of the game for to get a win for the Missouri Tigers. Um, the game is, is at Texas. Um, Kansas State's ranked 23rd in the country, and Texas is ranked 7th. Texas is a 3.5-point favorite. Um, yeah, we might come back to that one. Uh, 12 o'clock, you have Texas A&M traveling to Ole Miss. We've already talked about this one. Um, Ole Miss is a 2.5-point favorite. That line just seems a little weird to me. Um, I think Ole Miss should be favored by more. So that might be a trap game. We might come back to that one as we look through this schedule. 12 o'clock on ABC, you have Notre Dame traveling to Clemson. Notre Dame's 15th in the country, 7-2. and two. Clemson, as we all know, is 4-4. Four and four. Notre Dame is favored by three points. I don't know what to do with this one. Um, you know, that just... The line opened at Notre Dame minus 2.5. It's gone up to Notre Dame minus 3. Um... Not a lot of line movement on this one. Don't know why that one's holding steady. Um, could be a trap game for Notre Dame. Um, 12 o'clock road kickoff at Clemson. Clemson theoretically has the same amount of talent that Notre Dame has on their roster. So, you know, that one's scary. I have a buddy who's a Clemson fan who, who told me that Clemson's going to have two two offensive linemen out for this game. Um, he's, he's betting his house, his kid's preschool, his mortgage, everything on um, this game and taking Notre Dame, but I'm going to stay off it for right now. Uh, we're not going to talk about UConn, Tennessee. Don't think we're going to talk about Arizona State at Utah. Not going to touch Army at Air Force. Um, Missouri at Georgia. Georgia's favored by 15.5. We talked about that one. Um, gosh, these are tough games this week. 
Um, go ahead and let me take let me take Missouri plus fifteen and a half. I think Georgia's going to win the game, but we've seen Georgia start slow this year, and I think if Missouri can get some points on the board early, um, they they'll be able to cover. But I don't think they'll win. So give me Missouri plus fifteen and a half. At three thirty on ABC, you have number nine Oklahoma for at. Um, number 22, Oklahoma State. So in Stillwater, Oklahoma is ranked um, ninth in the country. Um, they're a six-point favorite. Don't know if I want to touch that one right now. Penn State at Maryland. Penn State minus eight and a half. Uh, Virginia Tech at Louisville. Louisville minus nine and a half. Um, let me go through here. Let's see. I'm going to go ahead and take... Um, I'm going to take... I'm going to take LSU plus three against Alabama. Um, full disclosure, I already have a, a bet in for LSU to win the game outright. So if you want to dabble on that one, go ahead, be my guest. Um, I just I like LSU, and they're my favorite team to watch right now, so maybe there, there's some bias there. Um, the other biggest game on the slate is number five, Washington, at number 20, Southern Cal. Washington is favored by three. The over-under on this game is 77 and a half. Wow, that's disrespectful to Southern Cal's defense. Um, and as y'all know, Southern Cal's defense is, is probably way worse than South Carolina's right now. So, got to find two more games here. Um, looking back across this, I am going to take Notre Dame minus three. Um, I'm going to trust my buddy on that one. So, bet at your own, um, use your own guts there. I don't have a lot of faith in that one. I don't know what's going to happen in that game. It's just a really weird line. And then. I am going to take. I'm going to go back up to that Texas A&M game. Let me find that really quick. Um, where'd you go? Yeah, Texas A&M, Ole Miss. Um, Ole Miss is favored by two and a half. I'm going to be crazy here, and I'm going to take the Texas A&M Aggies, and I'm going to take the money line. So I'm picking Texas A&M to win that game outright. That is reverse line movement um, going back towards Texas A&M. And Ole Miss, while they've been impressive in some games, they've let teams stick around too long, in my opinion. So we'll take Texas A&M to win the game outright. We'll get an underdog to win the game. That'll be fun. So recapping that, got Rutgers plus 18.5, Missouri plus 15.5, LSU plus 3, Notre Dame minus 3, and Texas A&M to win outright. So those are the gambling picks this week. Um, I appreciate you guys so much for listening. You guys give me the most valuable thing you have, which is your time. And I never take that for granted. So thank you again for joining me, not tonight, but today. And um, look forward to Gamecocks playing tomorrow against the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. Let's go get a South Carolina win. Let's um, set the stage for the rest of the rest of the season. Let's see if the Gamecocks can go bowling. So with all that being said, I, I appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you on Monday. Go Cox.